Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, healthy soils retain carbon and are an unsung hero waiting in the wings to tackle climate change. That's the main message of a 52-page report released by the Soil Conservation Council of Canada and the Compost Council of Canada. The report says if properly managed, Canada's 175 million acres of agricultural and urban soils can be developed to increase and retain more carbon, helping the country meet its greenhouse emission targets. The Executive Director of the Soil Conservation Council of Canada, Jim Tokarczuk, and Glenn Monroe, the report's co-author will tell us about the report and how that information will be shared. Escalating tensions in Eastern Europe have the potential to destabilize food production globally. It's also causing a lot of havoc on many markets. Florian Posberg, a partner with Polar Pork Farms, says one of the biggest concerns will be on how this will impact the availability of feed grain, which has already been an issue since last year. After the break, Jim Tokarczuk and Glenn Monroe. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Florian Posberg is a partner with Polar Pork Farms. Uh, First of all, we're going to talk about the war in Ukraine. But Florian, can you talk about uh, the uncertainty uh, about feed grain availability for the livestock sector and where things are at right now? Well, the uh, drought in on the western in Western Canada in the summer of 2021 certainly affected our our supplies of uh, feed grains grown locally. So we saw the price of barley uh, more than double. We saw wheat uh, more than double. We saw uh, you know just access to it at any price become problematic. And that really hasn't changed. Like there, there just isn't a lot of feed grain on the prairies, and uh, so we have to depend on bringing uh, corn and and uh, uh, you know other other uh, supplies of uh, like uh, using pelleted screenings and stuff to to get by because uh, local supplies just aren't aren't plentiful at all. They're pretty rare. But certainly drought wasn't the only issue that influenced feed grain availability? Well, in, in, during uh, the winter, uh, January, February, not only did we have uh, to bring uh, corn and, and soybean meal up from the U.S., but because of trucking problems and, and bad weather, you know, that really added to the logistics of making sure we kept our pigs fed. So that, it was a tough winter, quite frankly. Yeah. Tight supplies, uh, very high uh, uh, feed grain costs, and and you add to that uh, logistics of uh, moving grain up to where we need it. Uh, but fortunately, um, you know, we've we've uh, put some things in place uh, in in Western Canada. We figured out how to bring corn up by rail car and uh, uh, the trucking thing is still problematic but you know we've kind of figured out uh, ways to do things and uh, you know the weather has improved as as we run into springtime so 
even though the the price of the grain is uh, still very high, at least. We don't have to worry about uh, from week to week whether we can actually have the feed available to feed our animals. So from that point of view, it's it's gotten better. So let's move on to the uh, tensions in Eastern Europe. Uh, Canada is not just the production of feed that's a concern uh, for the rest of the world and production? Well, because of the uh, the factors in, in Russia and Ukraine, uh, they're not only big um, grain producers themselves, uh, wheat and and corn and uh, and uh, other grains, uh, but they also produce a lot of fertilizer that's used around the globe to uh, enhance the uh, the, the uh, productivity of our our farmland globally. Like, uh, for example, Brazil depends a, a lot on. Uh, on uh, Russian and Ukrainian fertilizer for for their fertilizer supplies, and you know it has an impact on our uh, uh, fertilizer availability here as well. Add to that, uh, you know, there's going to be grain land in Ukraine that isn't uh, put into crop because you know there's tanks and and soldiers uh, all around. Uh, that's not a good stable way to to. <laughs> produce a crop so you know the supply of grain uh, from that part of the world is going to be affected um, as well because of the fertilizer they produce that's going to have an impact on on many other areas and you know globally we we have a a very uh, intertwined global um, mechanism of producing food and uh, there, there's uh, quite a high likelihood that uh, this is going to impact and, and cause parts of uh, the food supply to be severely impacted. High grain prices mean uh, our cost of production goes up. Uh, if that's not passed on, then, then uh, you know, we can't stay in business. And it's not just us, because this uh, global grain supply is is threatened. It affects everything from uh, a loaf of bread to a beefsteak and everything in between. So certainly it's going to be very helpful to pork producers, livestock producers, and grain growers to have a a good growing season this year. Well, it would be... uh, very beneficial for us uh, here on the prairies if we got back to, to normal rainfall and and had uh, a successful growing season. Uh, that would that would be very helpful for for us here. Um, we need a good crop in in uh, all around the world to to to, to make up for the lack of uh, fertilizer supplies and those sorts of things. You know, if we can we can produce good crops and uh, and keep everything sort of normal uh, in terms of uh, keeping people fed, um, you know, there is a chance that we can have you know relative stable stability. However, if we see food shortages in parts of the globe that uh, are going hungry, we know that. Food shortages are one of the main causes of political instability, and and that's not 
that's not good. Florian Posberg is a partner with Polar Pork Farms. After the break, we'll hear more about a special report prepared by the Soil Conservation Council of Canada and Compost Council of Canada and their representatives, Jim Tukarczyk and Glenn Monroe. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Jim Tukarczyk is the Executive Director of the Soil Conservation Council of Canada. And Glenn Monroe is a Soil Health Manager with the Compost Council of Canada, talking about a new report and how soils can play an important part in uh, reducing emissions. So, Jim, let's start with you uh, what did you get from this report on soils and carbon? We need to use every square inch of soil in Canada to derive those benefits. I and mean, if we're going to achieve that level of removal of carbon from our atmosphere and into our soils and reap all those benefits, then everybody has a role to play. Whether you're farming uh, 10 sections in, in, in Saskatchewan or have a small plot of grass in, in Toronto, if you treat the soil well, it will take carbon out of the atmosphere, and we want that. Glenn, and you, what what do you think was the most important message from this report? Because healthy soils have large and diverse populations of soil organisms, and it's these organisms that create the soil conditions within which carbon is sequestered. There's no doubt about that. The latest science is showing that it is these organisms that do the sequestering, and simply adding lots of organic matter, while important, it's not enough. Glenn, there are five principles that uh, the report says maximize soil carbon. So let's, uh, let's start off with, uh, let's say, the first three. Keep live roots in the ground because those live roots are feeding those organisms. They're putting out sugars and other substances through the roots deliberately to feed the organisms. So we want to keep live roots in the ground as all year round if possible. Second, minimize the soil disturbance. The tillage is very destructive. Or if you have a garden, rototilling, put it away, put the rototiller away. We can grow vegetables even without tillage, and there's good examples of that. The third one, the optimized inputs, is one that we added for this report, and that just means that we need to be careful about the things we add. And we know that crops need fertility, so we're not arguing against fertilizer by any stretch of imagination. Fertilizers are important, but how they're used is just as important. And the, for instance, the 4Rs program is a good example of that. Adding organics like compost is also really important because it adds organic matter and adds more microbes to the soil. And there was also discussion about crop monoculture that also improves soil health? Diversity above ground leads to diversity below ground. The more different types of crops that you have above ground and different types of plants, the more diversity there'll be below ground in terms of your underground army, your organisms. And the more of them you have, the more soil carbon you'll sequester. And finally, you've got to keep the soil covered. Otherwise, it will tend to wash away, erode, and the organisms will not be comfortable. They'll be too hot or too wet or too dry. Now, Jim, back to you. Uh, the report certainly is a call for action uh, to create a partnership with the soil and soil managers. You, you don't go to your doctor to get healthy once in your life. You go every year and you do something every day towards health. And similar with soils, it's an ongoing maintenance job. So 
we need to have people engaged. What if we engage with 100,000 soil managers in the next five years and, and, and helped them and supported their efforts? What if we engaged with farmers as, as mentors? Some of the more advanced early adopters can teach a lot to farmers across the fence, peer-to-peer training, public engagement. So the rest of Canada needs to know about what soil can do for them. It's, it's an expensive endeavor. It needs public support and it needs uh, political support. So we need to engage Canadians on this. It's time for the Agriculture News and Review for the week of April 4th, 2022. The federal government announced it was making a temporary change to the advance payments program. The advance usually goes out into installments 60% after the application is approved and 40% after seeding is confirmed in July. But due to the rising cost of fertilizer and other inputs, producers will now have the option of getting 100% of their 2022 advance payment immediately. The advance payment program is delivered through three industry-led associations. The federal budget left farmers with some unanswered questions, according to the president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Ian Boxall said there was no indication of a commitment to increase funding for the next five-year federal-provincial agricultural policy framework. The current framework ends in less than a year. The federal government is planning to rebate $100 million from the carbon tax directly to farmers in provinces where the federal system applies, including Saskatchewan, but APAS felt that funding does not reflect the actual costs of carbon pricing. Boxwell said on the positive side, APAS supported infrastructure funding for road and rail to Port of Vancouver. There will be a larger contingent of first-year veterinary students at the University of Saskatchewan this fall. The B.C. government will increase its number of subsidized seats in the Western College of Veterinary Medicine for the first time in more than a decade. B.C. will invest nearly $10.7 million to increase the number of students to 40 for the 2022-23 academic year, which is double than the current allotment of 20. An outbreak of Japanese encephalitis in Australia is causing worldwide concern. In fact, the Swine Health Information Centre and American Association of Swine Veterinarians hosted a webinar to discuss the outbreak and its implications. Australian veterinarian Dr. Christy Richards said the viral zoonotic disease is spread by mosquitoes and can cause reproductive losses and encephalitis in pigs and horses. In rare cases, the disease can appear in people. The federal government approved funding to a company focused on digitizing farming. Mojo Autonomous Solutions will receive $419,000 to develop an AI data recording kit. iBox is a small, rugged and economical sensor suite that contains multiple cameras, as well as GPS, combined with a compute unit for real-time processing of collected data. When farm machinery is in use, the iBox will automatically collect images and classify each pixel. This will create or update a digital twin representation of the entire farming entity. The data from the digital representation will be used in computer algorithms to help farm operators to make decisions when addressing field-level issues.
A handful of ranchers in B.C.'s interior are getting ready to put their cattle near homes and infrastructure where they'll graze on grasslands to help reduce the wildfire risk later in the summer. It's the third season for the pilot program led by the B.C. Cattlemen's Association, which saw cattle corralled to feed on grasslands in targeted locations in the Okanagan and the Cranbrook area in southeast B.C. Spokesperson Kevin Boone said grazing promotes new green growth, which doesn't burn with the intensity of grasses that are left to grow taller and are more likely to light brush and trees on fire. A professor of veterinary medicine at the University of Calgary says he is concerned the people are mixing a powerful drug to sedate horses and cattle with opioids. Nigel Calkin says that zalazine produces a deep state of sedation that affects cardiovascular function and can induce vomiting. The animal tranquilizer is already causing concern in the United States and results from a drug testing site in Canada show it's becoming more common north of the border. In Alberta, there have been seven deaths confirmed between January 2019 and this past March, where xylazine was detected in low concentrations. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarland for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.